Hello friends, this is Michael from Hannigan Media and I am in the courtroom of Henderson County Judge Wade McKinney. Um, this courtroom over the past year has become pretty much uh, the judge's office because of so many meetings about what we're going to talk about today, which is COVID. Um, it's just one of those times we have to talk about it, folks. Um, and don't worry, those of you who are asking, we are going to get into vaccines and the, the, the situation in Henderson County when it comes to the vaccine uh, here in a minute. Judge, welcome to 2021. Yay, Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, um, actually worse than Groundhog worse Day than Groundhog, yes. because what we want to start with is we want to start with the update for the numbers and uh, let me give it to you really quick, folks. We all kind of had that feeling like all we had to do was get to the end of 2020. Well, the ball fell and the very first week of 2021 is the worst week of the pandemic. Would you yes. agree? I'll agree with that. I mean, we had our all-time high uh, on January the 2nd, you know, at that point. We've and we've already and we've yeah. already surpassed that yeah, number. That's exactly right. Uh, oh. These numbers are climbing. And the communications that I had with um, our departments and those individuals was is that this is escalating. There can be put any plainer than that. Okay, so let's do this. We don't want to get too deep into the numbers because I really want to spend most of the time yes. talking about what the situation is with vaccine and some other things like that. But we need to do this update. Where were we yesterday? as far as hospitalizations and percentage, because that's the baseline that the state's looking at. That's what's become the go-to number to see what's going on. That's exactly right. Like I said, as of yesterday, the TSAG, which everything is tied to, stood at an all-time high of 651 COVID patients. That puts us, because of the simple math that is done, that puts us at 21.32% of our hospitalizations are COVID related. So, and, and we're going to break down two quick things here. That is staffed beds. Staffed beds. Which means, you know, because, hey, we, we talked about this several times. I mean, hey, we could clear a room here at the uh, courthouse if we wanted to and stick a bunch of hospital beds in it. But if I don't have the nurses and the doctors exactly. and the technicians to take care of those patients, we haven't done anything. That's right. So it's all about staffed beds. And right now, 21.3% of all the staffed beds in the TSA are filled with COVID patients. By the way, folks, that's just beds total. That's not ICU, because I know a lot of our ICUs are overflowing right now. They are. Um, okay, the other piece of this that people always, it, it's caused real confusion, mm -hmm. is that we are talking about specific regions of the state. There are 22 TSAs. The TSA that includes Henderson County, designated TSAG, is, uh, includes Tyler and Longview, has 960,000 people in it. We use that because that's where the main figures come from, and that is where the governor has tied all of the significant COVID-related rules to the TSA. Right. Okay. Now, the question I get 
over and over and over again is, yeah, but what about the Athens Hospital? Our local Athens Hospital, as we've said before, has surge plans in place. So as the demand increases, they can respond. And they have instituted one of the surge plans, which is sufficiently handling the demands at the hospital. It does not mean that they are not busy. It does not mean that um, it's something that we should overlook. But uh, as of right now, we're in the mid-20s, and that fluctuates as far as individuals um, being in the hospital for COVID. And that ranges from, I guess, what would be considered the severe, which are in need of ICU treatment, down to those that aren't, that do not need that intensive care, but still require to be hospitalized. Okay, so what we have locally is that our hospital, our local hospital, um, has about 25, mid-20s, it goes up and down. I mean, I don't want to nail it like that, but it's been for a few weeks now, it's like that. Right. Which is not overwhelming, but extremely busy would be the way to put that. The other thing I have heard... Uh, and you can help uh, let me know about this. I have heard that patients are being transferred around, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily because a particular hospital cannot handle it, right? but because we want to spread out the work across the TSA Right. Because what we're trying to do is we're going to try to protect those doctors and nurses and technicians and all of those people that are involved at the hospital. So if a hospital, say, in Jacksonville mm-hmm. has fewer patients right now, maybe we shift some of our patients in that direction. That's right. So that we can even out the work and kind of keep the medical personnel fresh. Exactly. And we have that added benefit of being a part of the UT system which has several hospitals in that system that makes that process even easier than it was if we were a standalone hospital. It could happen and does happen when you have those independent standalone hospitals, but it is much easier when you're in a system like the one that we're in where you have, as you point out, Jacksonville that may not be have quite the demand and, hey, here's a relief. Let's spread it out and keep as much of a a load on one particular area down somewhat. Okay, so now what that tells me, and this goes back to now, why are we talking about the region and not just our local hospital? Well, because it's all interconnected. So yes. I can say right now there are 25-ish patients mm-hmm. in the Athens Hospital. That does not mean that there are 25 Henderson County residents in the hospital. We may have Henderson County residents in other hospitals in the TSA right now. That's exactly right. We could have people anywhere within the TSA. And quite incidentally, it could be working in the reverse as well. Other way, we could have people in the hospital in Athens who are COVID patients being taken care of that might not be from Henderson County. Exactly. And so that's why we're looking at the TSA. All right. So there you go. That's what we know. Yesterday hit the top number for number of patients in the TSA. Mm -hmm. Hit the top number for percentage of 
uh, COVID patients in staffed beds in the region. We are at the worst point Mm -hmm. that we have been during the pandemic. Just got done this morning talking to um, uh, Sheriff Bodie Hillhouse. I know that there are 18 prisoners or 18 inmates at the jail COVID positive. He's got deputies and staff out COVID positive. How about the rest of the county? We have we have individuals in the rest of the county. It's in the same place. We even have um, a few and have had a few throughout that are hospitalized out so, of this. So it is not isolated to one area. So we have it, and that is that is a reflection of what's going on yes. in our community. And it's important to know this is the worst it's been. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Right. We've we've had questions throughout over and over. Do the numbers mean this? Are these real cases? Is the all right, it's time to stop that. These are people who are really in the hospital Agreed. that are really dying. Eighteen people in Henderson County died in December. Yes. From COVID. That's right. And there's right. and there and more is coming. That that is a very harsh statement to make. But when you look at it and if you have Followed our numbers that we've put out for months for everybody, and if you look at the trends, we're going higher. Yeah. When, when you have a TSA break through that twenty percent mark, it's going to thirty. Yeah. Yeah, we're at six fifty one, and you and I, um, it's it's kind of macabre, but mm-hmm. we're sitting there saying, okay, we we we've made um guesstimates and we've made projections about where we're going to break through each number 400 500 500, 600 and we've been pretty close and we are going to hit 700 by next week we will we will i believe that and we're going to hit that 30 percent mark as far as staff beds here's the issue remember flatten the curve Mm -hmm. 30 percent is where hospitals have now become are on the edge of overwhelmed, right. and we are in starting to get in desperate need. Exactly. Um, the state uh, offers up assistance through the STAR requests um, throughout this event from time to time. Our hospital has taken advantage of the STAR request. The issue that we have now is that of the 22 TSAs, there are only four of the TSAs that are under the 15% mark left. Which means that... Everybody's asking for help. I mean, it's one thing to have a reserve, have people in reserve. Right. But now the help is needed so many different places that the reserve is getting really put thin. And when you look at um, West Texas, uh, Amarillo, Lubbock, and El Paso that have really been a focal point for the last um, six to eight weeks, those numbers are coming down, and that is freeing up individuals, but these individuals are exhausted. Okay, so let's look at also one of the ways that you know some of the things we just talked about, what's going on in the hospital. We're about to get talking about what's going on with the vaccine. One of the ways you know these things is um, your emergency management Mm -hmm. system, and you had a pretty important meeting this week. We did, and throughout the pandemic, uh, if you'll remember, we have an emergency management team 
that brings in um, departments, uh, law enforcement, finance, legal, uh, all of the different aspects of the emergency management concept. And we met uh, yesterday morning and actually had a discussion, um, had a phone conversation with the Texas Division of Emergency Management and the Department of State Health Services concerning vaccines. And um, we touched upon the subject matter was if we were able to, could we stand up a vaccine location here in Henderson County within 24 to 48 hours notice? Okay, that's an important thing. Um, but let's take this one step at a time first. Okay. Because that's that's really important, but I know that it gets a little confusing, yes. and, and it's not a sure thing, and everything. So let's go back to the sure things. First off, I am getting a lot of questions about vaccines, and I know mm. you are as well. Explain, please, just a general overview. Okay. First off, who is eligible? to give the vaccine because I think that's one of the first confusions because people are looking for the vaccine in a bunch of different places. And my understanding is only certain people who that have been is correct. verified or have been approved can do that. Right. And it is. It requires state registration. You have to more or less, and I give it this term, become a approved vendor. And there are only three types that we know of and that they have laid out. Pharmacies, which pharmacies in Henderson County, a limited number, have received the Moderna vaccine. And many already know that those have already been expended. Okay, so that is Brookshire's. That is The Brookshire's pharmacies in Chandler, Athens, and Seven Points, I believe, and, and Maybank. And those are approved vendors um, it's a process you have to go through, uh, and you're right. As far as I understand, they have gotten, they had gotten yes. vaccines. They are through their vaccines. Yes. Um, and the last I had heard, they're waiting for more. The only thing you can do if you want a vaccine is keep on calling. Keep calling. That is correct. Pharmacies are one way. Okay. The other is a medical provider. Okay. So when in- we. Henderson County. In Henderson County, there were in the first, which would have been phase um, or week two or week three, there was one medical provider, and that was Lakeland Medical um, Medical Associates, I believe that's right, Lakeland Medical, um, with their two locations of Athens and Gumboro. They were the next set of providers. And then there is... The what we hear on the news about counties this and counties that is the health districts or a health department. Um, Tarrant County, um, Collin County, Dallas County, those larger counties that have health departments, those locations were able to because you see them bringing in with some of the fire, firemen giving shots and such. Those were the three approved types of vendors. Net Health, which covers as our health department, um, was able to get about a thousand doses, and those were expended pretty quickly. And remember, their offices are in Smith County, right? So there's it's it's a bit more difficult to get close to it. Okay, so let's go through this. We have the pharmacies. We've already mm-hmm. said in Henderson County right now it's Brookshire's pharmacies. Now, 
Um, that doesn't mean that they're the only ones. I, I, the other pharmacies can go through this process and that maybe is correct. in the process right now. That so, is correct. So keep your ears open and your eyes open because more pharmacies can go as we do this. By the way, you did one thing I want to make clear. You said uh, week two, week three. We're talking about when all this started to roll out. Right now, this would be week four. The week four rollout. This is week four, so we're only that far into this. This is really brand new still. It is, and there's an, uh, two more provide, or excuse me, one more provider being brought on in Henderson County, and I am not able to locate it right at the moment as we He's sit here and down. look on the screen. Um, that is being delivered, I believe. 100 or 200 doses. That's it. Uh, where is it? Uh, Medical Associates of Athens is one that is, is scheduled to receive, and Maybank, uh, Brookshire's Pharmacies, is scheduled to receive some more. The point is the vaccine is so limited. Okay, so here we now we're yeah. starting to get a picture. Right. This is the picture, folks. We are – I say we – the state is bringing on new outlets, for one of a better term, you said vendors. Vendor, yeah. As these uh, outlets get certified to be able to handle the vaccine mm-hmm. and be able to give the vaccine, they're coming online. And each week, there's a new um, group of vaccines that's yes. being distributed into these areas. And so each week is different. And so last week we had Brookshire's pharmacies and we had Lakeland Medical that had, mm-hmm. uh, that had vaccines that they could give out and you had to call and get in there for that. This week we've got a Brookshire's pharmacy that got some and we now have Lakeland, not Lakeland, what was it? Medical Associates. Medical Associates. In Athens. Right. A new doctor's office getting brought online right. to get and so each week it's going to be like that, it is. where we have new organizations come online, new outlets come online, and more vaccine come in. However, even with the vaccine coming in, it's not a lot, and it's going as fast as it gets here. As fast as it gets in. And uh, also, I might add, for some of the um, extended care facilities, our assisted living facilities and our um uh, nursing homes, CVS is a vendor for those locations. Okay, so CVS. Now that is, we we hear all the time one A, right, and one B, right, one A, or those, but those are not widely available to the public. Those right. are vaccines that are very specifically targeted, they and are. so CVS is taking care of one A vaccines, taking care of. Not specifically the 1A. They're taking care of certain nursing homes. Nursing homes, Certain okay. nursing homes. And okay. you see, the reason I bring it up is that you have one vendor that's a pharmacy that is doing 1A and 1B for right. the public. Right. And then you have another vendor, a pharmacy, that is going directly to the nursing homes. And this dance of coordination is so slow on the up to is so slow on the rollout because of 
it takes time to get into individual organizations certified right. to be because we actually looked into getting ourselves with the sheriff's department certified because we have medical staff there. But we were turned down because we do not fit in the category as a provider Because we don't have our own health we department. Exactly. Health. Because it, when each shot is administered, it has to be tracked. Sure. The M-Track, uh, which is the state system they Absolutely. stood up. It is not our flu, our typical flu vaccine. All right. So if you're a listener... What do you take out? Because I, I, I'm feeling for it. I have a person I saw uh, put in, you know, I'm I'm in my 60s and I have heart disease yes. and I can't get any answers as to where to get vaccines. And the answer is, unfortunately, the vaccine is very limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amount that's coming into Henderson County is limited. It's going to very um, specific locations as those locations as people get certified to be able to do the vaccines those will help hopefully grow you know what this reminds me of this reminds me of the beginning when everybody was trying to get tested Mm -hmm. and there was only so many places that you could get tested and now i mean you can get tested anywhere and it's easy and nobody thinks about it but back in march and april and may People were talking about where are our test kits, where are right. our test kits, and the vaccine is going through the same exact kind of rollout. Exact same thing, and I pulled this sheet up here. This was the breakdown on week two of the distribution, which brought the first Moderna vaccines to Henderson County. 800 doses. Right, across, across four the, different vendors. Four, di- four locations, 800 is what the last two weeks has been available in Henderson County, 800 vaccines. And they are gone in a blink. In a blink. They really are. And this is the process of, one, I'm sure the state has set it up this way so we'd be sure that no vaccine is wasted. Uh, There's a whole limited, there's just a whole bunch of different reasons why it's set this way, but the biggest factor is, the vaccine is not available. Okay. And so the other thing that I know is that um, you have on the Henderson County website. Yes. You've got this really great spreadsheet that tracks all kinds of stuff. And on it, you have now added the vaccine rollout by week. So every week when you get an update, you post yes what that week's update is. That's right. Um, we have it up there. It's all under vaccine information, and it gives you a location map where the providers are. That's provided by the state. Gives you the provider information on how an individual gets qualified to be a provider. It even has the the forty two page document of the vaccine vaccine principles. But if you go across there, you'll see in big bold week one, week two, week three, and week four. And just as soon as we get that information, we post it and make it available on who is getting the shipments of vaccine. So it's available, and it's not just here. It's for the entire state. So you look for Henderson County in that list and find that location. All right. And so the only thing that 
uh, and it appears to me this is going to be a situation like the testing where mm-hmm. as we go along and more becomes available and more organizations, more pharmacies, more doctor's offices get certified to be able to distribute the vaccine. There'll be more places available. There'll be more vaccine available and more people can go. Um, I know that I, again, uh, as we said earlier, you know, we have, uh, people all through the County government that are home. We have law enforcement that is home with COVID and we can't get vaccinations for our law enforcement, our first responders, our fire departments, none of them have vaccinations yet either. Exactly. Uh, When you sue, the impression that was giving in the news cycles is like, okay, boom, here's 1A, we're taking care of all of our frontline individuals. And then last week you hear about, well, there's some sitting on the shelf, so we're opening up 1B. You have to remember that we live in a rural area. Um, and as, uh, as I said, that week two, we had 800 doses. You know, that's not, uh, we're a county of 80,000. Right. Right. And, well, and it's the same thing that happened to us with the testing. You could see that they mm-hmm. were having drive-through testing in Dallas. Exactly. And we couldn't get a test here in, in Athens, Texas. Exactly. Um, and, and so, you know, it might be some of that again. I, I want to take one moment because I have a couple of, um, I have a couple of very um, engaged followers. Yeah, good, good time. Who um, are absolutely anti-COVID vaccine. They believe that it's not safe, um, and, and they are very vocal about that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I, you know what? I want to give them a little bit of credit on this in that this is not the normal process it is not. for a vaccine. And so when they say that, I want to, I want to give them a little credit on this. These vaccines did not go through the normal FDA approval process. And that is a true statement. Um, one of the things that is little spoken about, remember the um, scare we had, what was it, um, about 10 years ago with, um, I believe it was uh, SARS? Oh, yeah, right. You know, yeah, um, SARS virus. We actually had vaccinations done, executed actually in this building involving that. Much of what the research that is at the base of some of this is the exact same stuff is that we did for SARS. So there was information available. What has, and what I have learned is, is that in that testing process, you have an escalated ability to move because 10 years ago, it wasn't as widespread. So you have to have individuals that are willing to submit themselves to this that have either had it or um, are willing to expose themselves to it. Our test subjects was much more readily available this time. And also, you actually had the funding, guaranteed funding backing of the federal government. Those two items help in escalating the process. And making it jump through. People have to remember, okay, there was a 10-year head start. There's a 10-year head start. Because the technology 
for want of a better word, the technology that went into these vaccines are something that's been developed in the past and worked on in the past. It had to be adjusted. That's people go back to, and you know, my, my, my word for this has now become, you know, COVID is what it is. And you know what it is? It's super flu. Mm-hmm. It, it is the flu. Right. But it's super flu. It's 30 times more contagious. I don't know. It's uh, yeah, right. many, 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 many more times more contagious. And if it hits the wrong time, type person, many, many times more uh, uh, deadly. Deadly. However, and it shows it, so many different symptoms. Right. But it does have a lot of the same similarities yes. because it is a coronavirus. Yes. That there was a lot of research already in place in order to speed up. Right. The vaccination development process. That does not stop the fact, though, that these people are right. This is not an FDA-approved virus, uh, uh, vaccination. It's an emergency. It's an emergency approval because right. we're in a pandemic. That is an absolute fact. Right. There are things about this vaccination that we do not know. Nobody knows what's going to happen two years after someone has one of these vaccinations because nobody's had the vaccination for two years. That's true. And, you know, there are currently, we hear of the three makers so far. There's a fourth one out there, too, called Janssen that is coming to the forefront. Well, we have Moderna and Pfizer are the two that are available now. Now, here. I know Johnson & Johnson is getting close. AstraZeneca, in um, conjunction with Oxford University in England, they rolled out that one in England this past week right. and started using it. It is a more traditional vaccine because you have to remember Pfizer and Moderna are both mRNA vaccines, which are different than our traditional vaccines. Now, the um, traditional vaccine basically gives you a little bit of the disease to help you exactly. build up antibodies. I believe they call it a, a viral, uh, a viral, uh, I'll mess the term up, yeah, yeah. but it's the traditional style. Yeah. Um, there, This is continuing to roll out. We don't know what the impact will be, but we know that there are individuals out there that just look at the numbers, the percentage. There is a certain number of, and we refer to this in one way as death loss. Yeah. It's going to happen. Right. And if there is the opportunity to prevent that and an individual is willing to do that, then if the government has tried to the best of its ability to say and to ensure that this thing is what we've got, please take it if you want to. I, I will ask you this. As, as much as you've, as you've talked to uh, all these folks, have you spoken to doctors or health professionals who said, don't take the vaccine? Not a single one that I have spoken with. And I have actually two in my family who have actually taken the vaccine. Right. You know, um, it is, nothing's happened to them. One of them, both are scheduled, I believe, to get their second dose this week. Uh, one's my brother-in-law and one's my son-in-law. Yeah. So it is a, vaccine is very personal. Yeah. Um, we had this before we ever even got into Yeah, corona. vaccine was an issue before corona. You know, I, I will... 
I will. I, I wanted to bring that out though, because again, I do have some followers that are very mm-hmm. um, adamant about the fact that they are not going to take the vaccine because it is not approved and not vetted. And I wanted to point out that for them, that they're right. The F normal FDA process for these vaccines have not happened. Right. Uh, I tend to the other direction, and so I'm also going to say. Uh, almost every health every health official I've talked to um, has said take the vaccine. Yes, um, and the um, testing that has been done so far has been very positive. But yes, the, they we don't have we don't even have a year's worth of data on this these vaccines yet That's let correct. alone two or three years worth of vaccines to see what's going to happen down the line and so that is a that is a they're they're right that's a true statement mm-hmm. and something that people should take into consideration i do know that my friend who is in his 60s and has heart disease is more worried about getting um his COVID right now and wants the vaccine a little more than he's worried about what's going to happen 10 years down the line. Yeah, I mean, um, I know individuals that are in the hospital right now that uh, would have benefited greatly, been eager to take it. Who would have been eager to take the vaccine. Yeah. All right. So that's where we are. One of the things, because we, we started out with it and I did not let you finish because I wanted to get some of the basics about the vaccine out. Okay. Um, you had a discussion with DSHS. We did. About uh, maybe something special happening here. We did, and it's all based, again, on the the limited availability of vaccine, and I'm glad that we did take the time to discuss who can be a provider. Uh, Henderson County itself cannot administer any type of vaccines. Uh, your larger counties have health departments and those capabilities to qualify. Your rural counties, which again, there are 250, 204 smaller than Henderson County. Uh, there's a lot of us. Um, but basically, DSHS, uh, let it be known through um, Texas Division of Emergency Management, um, that w- wanted to understand if we would be willing that if the vaccine became available, would we be able to stand up in 24 or 48 hours to help provide that following the state regulation of 1A, 1B, as far as who is able to get at that time? Stand up, one of those government words that you taught me means get ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like on a uh, on a moment's notice, on a phone call, can we be ready? And basically, um, we had an hour, hour, about an hour long discussion with them about what's required, um, what would be needed from us, and um, trying to get an idea of just exactly what's all involved. It's all very tentative at this point because then again, it's all based on availability of vaccine, which we told them we're ready and um, we are ready. But, um, Again, the availability of vaccines is the one that's going to be able to do that. And we will be following what the state protocol is, 1A and 1B. Um, one of the interesting things in our county, you know, we were just trying to pull um, off the cuff while we were doing this. When you take the law enforcement first responders and all of our volunteer fire department um, first responders that are actually active, when you call 911, they're the ones that show up. We believe we've got about 300 that we need 
to get our 1As taken care of. So uh, it all hinges on the availability of that vaccine. You know, and this all goes back to you and I have said many, many times in the past that um, the health, the, the, the public health system mm-hmm. was the first casualty of COVID. It was. And this is also part of that in that, um, you know, nobody, nobody ever expected to have to try and roll out a vaccine like this to an entire state, to 254 counties, and try to figure out exactly what's going on and try to, like, also document each mm-hmm. dose and make sure that the people that are getting it are the right people and that the people who are administering it know what they're doing and mm-hmm. try to organize all of that and try to roll everything out. And it's only been a month. Exactly. And we're looking at it and there have been some hiccups. There have. And, you know, what was it? Three weeks ago, I guess, or two weeks ago, Dr. Hellerstadt had sent out the letter encouraging all of the indiv- all of the individual organizations that had received vaccine to get it off the shelf, to to do not hold any in reserve, get it gone. And quite honestly, in my opinion, they um, panicked a little bit at that news and pushed one B out too soon. They would, they, they've seen where there is a, um, a great deal of documentation where you have individuals that eh, they have it available but won't take the vaccine. We, we've seen that. We've even discussed that that are in the 1A. Sure. Um, nobody that I talked to in that group has said no, but, uh, um, all the research shows it. Um, they pushed 1B, I believe, quicker trying to make sure that if somebody needed it, they could get it. Then the 1B caused such a surge in demand with a limited stock. It's we got us in the position where we are, where people are now concerned because they hear, oh, the vaccines, we can get a vaccine, but it's not available. Right. It's caused confusion. Sure. Sure. So, it, no, it absolutely has. It absolutely has. Um, and And it's going to continue to cause confusion for the next month. Oh, or two, uh, as we as we figure out, right. as the state figures out how to distribute these vaccines as they come available. Unfortunately, we believe at the same time that's happening, the numbers will continue to go up. They will. Which will make people even more eager to get the vaccine, which will cause even more issues. So it's going to be a very interesting first couple of months of 2021. It will, um, and as you mentioned earlier, we're sitting at 651 now. Um, I see us being at five, at 750. You know, you said breaking 700. I see us at 750 the way that we continue to escalate and the fact that we're not some of the individuals that may have contracted due, due to Thanksgiving, we're still somewhat have those individuals in the system. Um, the individuals at Christmas, beginning beginning to hit it's reflected in the numbers um we still have which i believe may be some of the younger generation uh, the younger individuals you know new years 
everyone that I speak to that, uh, <laughs> it's at least my age in this part of the world, you know, we all spent New Year's at home. But in these urban areas, I made, I made it to twelve ten. Yeah, and we did too. Yeah, twelve ten, and I was done. You know, but um, younger individuals, um, eager and full of life, um, are more risk takers, and we do not know what the impact, even from uh, New Year's, will be, because it may not be that they're sick, but being contagious from their activity of New Year's. The holiday echo isn't over yet. That's correct. Okay. All right. Well, folks, uh, we're going to wrap it up right there. That's what we know. Um, continue, please, continue to watch uh, the judge's page on henderson-county.com. Um, you look at the top. He's got a little link that says COVID information on the front page. It'll take you to a series of links. That will take you where you need to go to learn about COVID. Also, make sure you keep on following Hannigan Media and what's happening, where I will continue to update um, with the latest and what's going on. Uh, we will try and do a better job. I will try and do a better job of getting out what those weekly allocations are and where they're going because they are public information. That's the way that, why the state send them out. That's why you're posting them. That's right. And uh, I will try and do a better job of posting those too. Judge, um, not what I was hoping to be talking about on January 6th, but thank you very much for your time and your explanations. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, Matt.